You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ, the INFP. Hi, I'm Christian, the INFJ. And I'm your guest host today. I'm Jossie, the INFJ. welcome jossie jossie was on our last episode and we're happy to have him back today so our big sunday episode is all about voting and being an introvert how do we do it how do we get down and vote and why is it important that we do it so on our facebook group if you haven't joined it look up borderline idealist on facebook we asked a couple of people that are following us, how do they vote since we're introverts? Does social anxiety stop you? Uh, do you put in an absentee ballot or do you go to the polls? How do you vote? So we're going to read out some of those answers and then the last answer is going to be the person that won our contest. They won a free t-shirt. Uh, so let's begin with Lee from Oklahoma. Lee says that they like to vote in person. They have no problem going to the polls in person. Actually, Lee says, I vote in person! (laughs) (laughs) I vote in person! (laughs) (laughs) Which is uh, something that a lot of introverts do when they have no problem going to the polls. Uh, Does anybody else vote in person or have no... Jesse, how do you like to vote? Mm, I vote in person. It's not really a big deal for me. Um, I do pretty much every every other person does. Just kind of go there, ready to vote. Probably with your headset on. No, I actually don't. I just kind of go in and just mind my own business pretty much. Oh, you know? I was going to ask if you talk to other people while you're in line. If they talk to me, that is. I would initiate <laughs> the conversation. So, <laughs> well, If they look like they're on your same team. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you said putting headphones on because Bob from Wisconsin has a little bit of an interesting answer. He says that I go in person and listen to Spotify. I deal with people from a minimalist dystopian perspective. Hmm. That is in depth. (laughs) I know. When I first read that, I was like, what is he talking about? It's just like he looks at it from, you know, these people. (laughs) I don't have time for this. Why are you looking at me? Why are you talking (laughs) to me? No, I have Spotify on. (laughs) <laughs> but music is a great way to escape the world around you in a way that you can deal with social anxiety, right? Yep. And, uh, or having a cell phone in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, uh, Ajani, you rely a lot on your cell phone when we're in social settings. And What would I do without it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did say Imagine, too. Ima- well, for those of you who are on the younger side, imagine having social anxiety and having to be out in these public spaces where either you didn't have a cell phone or your cell phone had what was before 3G internet connectivity. 1G, 2G. (laughs) And you had those flip phones with a little one and a half inch screen. (laughs) I think that's when people read books, right? 
Yeah, I guess so. People but they had the Dewey <laughs> Decimal System in libraries. People were carrying around their Harry Potter books everywhere. Mm-hmm. You just avoided contact, good old days. Um, eye contact with people. Oh, don't look at me. I won't look at you. <laughs> we have uh, a little bit more of an in-depth uh, answer from Stormy from California. She says, it depends. If it's super important to me, I will overcome the social anxiety and long lines and go to vote in person. Like presidential elections, always in person. Kind of for like a sense of security. <laughs> That's what it says, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of for like kind of a sense of security that my vote is being counted and is not lost in the mail or something. I know the chances of that are low, but it's too important for me to take that risk. But for all other ones, I use mail-in. It's easier and more convenient for me. I do also like being able to look up laws and props and candidates at my convenience on my phone versus going in person. I feel a little more rushed. Yeah, I guess if you're going in person, you kind of already have to, or I mean, if you're a responsible voter, you would do all the research ahead of time, right? And see all the propositions and the different candidates and the different offices that are being, they're going to be voting on. And I I guess, yeah, you, if you didn't know all that and you were trying to research it on your phone, you would feel more um, more rushed or pressured, kind of like a test, SAT or something. I like how uh. she says that it's, uh, it depends how important it is to her. If it's a presidential election, mm. she always goes in person. And there's, there's some, I remember the first time I voted for a president was Obama, and that made me feel... Like, yeah, I definitely have to go in person. Even though I did have some social anxiety, I felt like it was it. Um, an historic election. Well, and, and it just, was. Yeah, yeah and I, I had <laughs> yeah, to go there in, in person to say, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was there. Was I there with you? Did you vote? Yeah. That, I went to the inauguration. You guys did the second inauguration. Yeah. Was I was the first. Yeah, I actually went to an inauguration, too, which was. What? Yeah, that would. Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. social anxiety. But there's uh, there's something about. I was falling asleep because it was so early. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was, was really exciting. At the second inauguration? No, the first, inauguration, first one. The first inauguration? No, no, I was younger. Like, I, no, not that young, but you know, yeah, like last, like maybe junior year of high school or whatever. And uh, uh, not old enough to vote. The, uh, I I did. Yeah, I could vote. I was eighteen. Like, yeah, already okay. I could vote. But uh, I did. Yeah, I did vote that time. Uh, but. I, um, what happened? I, it was just like, you had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning just to get there in line before everyone else. It was cold as hell. And you had to get there and then you had to stay in line. They finally get in. Everyone is, and then you had to find your place where the, you know, the gates were at and stuff or whatever, or whoever that thing was. Does they have like, uh, airport securities? Systems like I think yeah they do the uh, the little yeah, things to walk through a lot of yeah. secret service agents oh man yeah. uh, a lot of people dressed in glasses looking around exactly like, I Hawaiian yeah. shirts trying to look because <laughs> she knows like hello with, with shades on I'm just the, like the really you. buff the really buff and he's just like hi how are you doing sir how are you doing sir I'm just here just brush against you and um, push on your bag and be like okay all right he's the, good they're in the gift <laughs> shop they're just standing around there like just browsing just browsing just oh my look God. away. <laughs> I I I was I wanted to go to that first inauguration for Obama so bad. You did? Uh, yes. I mean, what? 
I, I mean, I recognize how Ooh. the monumental event that it was and (laughs) like it was such you know once in a lifetime opportunity you know the first black president of the yeah Yeah. just so that you were there and just to say that you voted and then having the i remember taking a picture with the voting sticker across my heart i was like yeah i'm an american (laughs) today (laughs) Uh, i just want to know am i gonna be in the history books like when they take that picture and they see me there i'll be in the history books like right on the side and be like But I, I also like how Stormy said that she uh, will send in a ballot through the mail because that's what I'm doing for our, our election coming up. Uh, because I have social anxiety and I don't want to stay in those long lines. Some people do early voting. I think that's what you did, Jossie, right? I didn't do it. Um, yeah, we were going to do it, but now I'm going to vote very soon. But either you'll do... Um, well, you still have... Uh, uh, t- tomorrow's the last day for early voting here mm-hmm. in Georgia. That you have actual voting. <laughs> that you have actual voting. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, how that, that's how that works. But, uh, yeah, mail-in ballot is always great to avoid lines, and so you don't have to be around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And if you have the anxiety, you can kind of just avoid that. Well, one thing I, I wanted to touch on was um while i agree that maybe certain elections are maybe a little bit more important than others for some people right and it's also local elections um vary from state to state uh but i wouldn't like for people to come across or to understand that presidential elections are more important than off-year elections like we're doing with the midterms right now and i think Mm. specifically this year it just highlights how much midterm elections are and how important they are and even um, with your local elections and local government how every time you have an opportunity to vote that's your opportunity to say to have a say into your personal life and i I don't think a lot of people realize that i think i feel like a good a portion of the population believe that presidential elections are more important because it's the president and i feel like we've kind of gotten to a place where we've put the presidency a little bit too high on the important level where it really is a co is part of a co-equal branch of government It's not just the president that's running the country it's also congress and the senate so you know for those reasons i i don't want to i don't want to well, <laughs> dive I, too much into I it but right. I, we forget the checks and balances mm-hmm. until Sometimes until it's too late, right? Right. If you <laughs> well, we haven't had that yet. But <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying if you regret the president, or oh, yeah. you know, yeah. or who's in office as the president, you can't be mad if you didn't vote for. And that's not what uh, Stormy was saying. You know no. that she didn't um, vote, but she was saying depending on how important it felt to her, right. if she wanted to be in line or not. Right. So I mean, that's totally up to you. But every election, like Chris is saying, is important because that's how we check our president and that's how we check our local um, government. Yeah. And you know, it, the especially the local governments, that has a lot more impact on your day to day life. I mean that regulates your taxes, that regulates where your tax money is gonna go locally, how much money we're gonna talk a little bit about some of these propositions that are coming up uh, across uh, other states, but it they talk about you get to vote on where your your tax money goes within your own local districts and uh, new laws that are trying to be passed in the state level or you know uh, all these other things that have more direct impact on your everyday life happen at off year elections where it's uh, midterms and um more local government well i think before we announce our winner 
I think that we should touch on some of those um, important bills that are passing or those important uh, referendums that are on the ballot. There is one in Georgia uh, for mental illness. So this one would help nonprofits provide permanent housing to homeless people with mental illness. It's referendum B, and this would allow property tax exemption for nonprofit housing of those individuals and residences that get tax credit financing for non for I'm sorry from for-profit business entities. So this would help those people that you see on the street that maybe if you feel like giving a dollar or two to them is not enough, you can actually vote to help them. And a lot of them are mentally ill. You know, they're not able to get the care that they need. But we can get them off the streets. That's just one of the ways that Georgia is trying to help. And it is, I think, uh, a lot of uh, states are coming to the realization that doing preventative care is a lot cheaper and more humane than um, trying to uh, gel people after the facts. You know, if you, the most important things in a human's life is housing, aside from being able to feed themselves, it's housing because if they have a safe roof over the hedge where they don't have to worry about where they're going to sleep tonight, uh, what the temperature is going to be, if it's going to be raining or snowing, if somebody's going to assault them in the middle of the night, all of those things. I mean, if you can only imagine someone who deals with borderline personality disorder or um, depression or anxiety or any other mental illness you can think of, and then add that to the stress of living in the streets and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from or where you're going to sleep that night, I, I can't even imagine you know, that mental state that those people are going through. And it just makes it that much harder for them to get back on their feet and get to a place where they are safe and better off. That kind of brings us up to what's going on in Colorado. This one is really interesting. Chris, you want to talk about the one? There's a record number of proposals that are going on. Uh, yeah, so from we got this information from Colorado Public Radio. Uh, and they were talking about the 2018 ballot for many Coloradans, Coloradans, um, will reflect the dire state of mental health and suicide and addiction in the state. So voters across multiple counties will consider a dozen proposals to fund mental health services. That is a record number for the Colorado ballot this year. And uh, more and more communities recognize that it is much cheaper, as we mentioned a little bit mm -hmm. earlier, uh, cheap, not only cheaper, but smarter and more humane to prevent and treat issues of mental illness rather than to ignore it and criminalize it. We've learned that the hard way, unfortunately, uh, and Mental Health Colorado CEO and President Andrew Romanoff has stated these facts, right? Um, in Denver County, voters will decide on a tax increase that would raise $45 million per year for a decade for mental health. That money will come from one quarter of a percent city sales tax. So you can kind of see uh, Colorado and so, so the, the Colorado and Georgia ballots, how they're kind of seeing and recognizing these issues and trying to work, come up with um, fixes that um, they treat people ahead of time before they, they do something that um, that is illegal and unlawful because they're in the state of mind that they're in. Uh, and then they end up in jail. And then they just, of course, we we are, I think most people are aware about the cycle 
the jail cycle where you, once you go in jail, and then um, even if it's for a petty crime, right back. you return right back. And it's just like that cycle that comes um, that develops for a lot of people, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it's also it targets a lot of uh, people of uh, of the minority community, people of color. One of the things that I like that they're doing in Colorado are a lot of these things that are on the ballot, these referendums, are about improving students' safety by increasing mental health and counseling professionals, including suicide prevention and substance use counseling. I don't want to say this um, for certain, but I don't think that we had anything like that when I was in high school. Do you remember having things like that, Jossie? Unless there was like some I remember after Columbine, we had counselors come to our school, and then you could seek help then. Mm-hmm. Or, but I don't remember anything for like sus- substance abuse counseling. No, there's nothing with that. I don't remember anything like that either. What did your <laughs> What did your counselors do at school, Jossie? I don't know. I didn't go to them. <laughs> I remember back in elementary school, I went. To they the helped me pick out but... classes. That's in my. You you remember that? Like they used to oh, that go counselor? there to help oh, you, like, yeah, yeah. pick out ca- oh, classes. Actually, the and... counselor was like what uh, collectives, yeah. right? That's what I was gonna say. The only time I actually had quote unquote a counselor because he had uh, what was it uh, for um, classes in yeah, college? Yeah, and I remember in in middle school. I started middle school here in Georgia, sixth grade. So I remember probably seventh or eighth grade that I was aware of this person called a counselor, and that we can go and talk to them with whatever we needed but that was uh, I didn't really connect the dots you know it wasn't I don't think it was very well explained to me that they're not only there to talk about classes or or maybe bullying or something like that that it could be more than more than that it could be psychological if I was having problems at home if I was having problems uh, mental problems or any other types any other needs that i may have had that i could go to that person and that that person would hear me with um with an open mind and try to help me i i didn't really get that even from middle school all the way through call through high school Hmm. um and it wasn't until college that i was aware that the count these there are these other counselors that you can talk to about your day-to-day stress yeah uh that you have in your life and things like that. It would have been good to to know. I'm trying to really think back to if these counselors told us at the beginning of the year or there was some announcement that said, hey, if you have anything going on at, at, school, at, at school or at home, come to me. We can talk about it. But that would have been a great resource. The only thing I use counselors for, is, like I said, for picking out electives and... They were kind of like, you know, I guess, I, I didn't really know what they did half the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, I was like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I mean, there. it's like you're a teacher, but you're not really doing anything. Yeah, didn't and, do much. And, and with Colorado specifically targeting this area, I think that's really smart because I remember you told me that the first time you actually saw a mental professional was not until you got to college, correct? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and a lot of these mental illnesses, they start developing during an earlier time in middle school. Um, and a lot of times it goes on unrecognized and kids are struggling and trying to 
manage all this on their own because they can't find a way to express it maybe or to tell somebody else that will understand them and listen to them. So I think this type of program would do great uh, great work for younger generations that are coming up. And a lot of the, I'm looking at it right now, uh, a lot of the mental health related ballot measures in Colorado are also about uh, preventive early identification, intervention, support, and treatment services for youth, adults, families, and senior citizens, and also for expanding staff and training dedicated to student mental health. They're really taking what 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 I'm going to say is they're really taking the school shooting seriously, and they're really taking mental health seriously. We forget that our mental health is as important as our physical health. And we might be getting that much too late. Yeah. You know, when we get to college, if that's the only time that we really considered it, to me, that's way down the line. And some people don't even take advantage of that. You know, just because you took an intro to psychology class doesn't mean that you really understand <laughs> what's going on in, in your own mind or in, in other humans' minds. There's yeah. really... We need to have preventative measures to help people out. And I think the other thing, too, is that maybe when, as people get older, kind of, we kind of get set in our ways. So I, I know a couple of other people that have some form of mental illness or that are on some spectrum and they're in their 40s or higher. And they've never really approached mental health the same way that, say, Ajani has approached it. Uh, they don't go to, uh, they haven't gone their whole life. Um, they've gone through their whole life without going to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And I think part of that may be that it's just as they grow up, they have this thought of what their life should be or, or is and how they can't change it. And so it's sort of, they just sort of grow, not complacent, but accustomed to that daily struggle that they have to face and they just move forward with it. There are also people that believe that those with mental illness should not be able to vote. That if you have a mental illness, someone can take advantage of you. Even from bipolar to borderline personality disorder to depression, someone can take advantage of you and stop you from voting. Jossie, what do you think about that? There are actually... um, measures um and and laws that try to limit voting for those that they say are mentally incompetent so let's say that the that you go to uh, the court and they say that you're mentally incompetent there are those that say that they're protecting uh the country from fraud or protecting the state from fraud but human rights advocates believe that they're outdated and stigmatizing. What do you think about preventing somebody from voting because they have a mental illness? Do you um, think it's it, it it's like how severe it is or or that they all suggest, you know, am I too depressed to vote? Am I too depressed to know how to vote? Well, that's like separating like education kind of and mental health, like, saying, if you're not educated, you can't vote. And then you have, like, if you don't have uh, good mental health, you can't vote. That's it's, it's mm. kind of 
it, it's it's not giving you a choice. This country is built on you know democracy kind of stuff. You know, right. choices. So you know, saying someone that uh, they think telling someone that they can't vote uh, because of mental health is kind of ignorant. You know, it's a slippery slope, right? It's it's a slippery yeah, it slope. seems like yeah. it. I think that um, oh, I think that of course it should be taken on an individual case basis. I don't believe that say for example <clears throat> say for example someone has gone to a psychiat us uh, is psychiatrist. No, a psychiatric um the psychiatric Tricky word. Okay. Psych- yes, a psychiatric ward or something, right? If they've been hospitalized there, does that constitute the, them as no longer being eligible or able to vote? Is it? Um, is there a certain time limit on that? If you've gone in the, within the past year, within the past five years, like everyone should have the right to vote. Right. I feel like if someone was not in the right mental state, they wouldn't be able to get themselves to a voting booth. No. I, I would think I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I think if once you start limiting, putting those limits on, on, on restrictions on voting's, uh, voting like that, something that's hard to even make a clear cut decision on who is stable enough to vote. And on what kind of spectrum are people like not being able to vote? Is it like, oh, you've been to mental hospital two times, like, you can't vote. You've been to mental hospital one well, time. You can vote. There are people. (laughs) There's this uh, article from the Atlantic called "Keeping the Mentally Incompetent from Voting," and this advocate, her name is Roberta Bloomster. She's. uh, It says doctors have diagnosed her with mild mental retardation and epilepsy, and she is under limited guardianship, meaning that her mother manages her health and financial decisions. The decision, the decision about whether to vote, however, is hers alone. A reality that might be different if she lived in another state. Mm. Isn't if she lived in another state because she has her mother has limited guardianship, she may not have the right to vote. Think about that. Is her mind not her own? I mean, can she actually control what she's doing? She's uh, well. She is. She is her actions. Well, I feel like in that case, it would seem like does that person have an individuality, right? If they're able to, if they have a conscience of themselves, if they're able to create, to form yeah, thoughts and, and make decisions is... for themselves, mm-hmm. even if they can't carry out those decisions, like say, I want to go to the store, but she's still able to yeah, make those thoughts. It so. says that she is. Uh, she interns with Congressman Keith Ellison's campaign, and she testified at the state capitol on behalf of people with men- with disabilities. So she's testifying on her own behalf and saying, "I should be able to vote, or able to develop sentences that are clear and concise." Where does the the line begin and end? It's just stigmatizing somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very frustrating. Okay, <laughs> politics. I think that 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 it is something that we do need to look at at a, at a case to case basis, and it is a conversation that we do need to have. But a mental disorder 
shouldn't be something that stops you from being able to vote if you can if you're able to to form thoughts in your head and make a decision no one should be like you're too uh impaired to vote yeah those are our hard lines to draw I yeah think. i feel like that's gotten a little bit too too down but i mean the important thing is that i guess the whole the highlight of all that is that people are able to go out and vote and make those decisions for themselves and for their communities. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the important thing about voting. <laughs> yeah, that's important thing about testifying and being an advocate for any cause. So we'll end on a high note with our winner, 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 chicken dinner. Our winner is Stacy from Georgia. She's winning a T-shirt, a borderline idealist T-shirt. She says about how do introverts vote. <laughs> it's funny because the error starts out with, I'm too extroverted. It's like, how does this extroverted person win? <laughs> she says, I'm too extroverted. No, seriously, I vote in person, but I do worry about going because I start freaking out about a lot of different things. A little bit of social anxiety, but it's more... What if I do this, or what if I can't find this, or does this even, is this even where I want to go? In the end, I still get it done. So, she's saying that she's extroverted, but it's just like, it feels like she just has some social anxiety going on. And she, you can hear all those thoughts going through that sentence, you know? I was even getting tongue-tied, sort of. Do I worry about this? Am I freaking out about that? Am I going to lose this? Am I? Gonna... <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's how anxiety is. Just like that's that's where the anxiety attacks come in. Oh my gosh! Imagine going to to the voting bo- uh, voting booth and then seeing your vote switch. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh like, my oh god! god. <laughs> I'm that would be mind. horrible. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, please. Oh, that was reminded of what is the Homer Simpson. No, I want to vote for X. Yeah. Well, congratulations, yes. Stacy. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you for being a part of our contest here. And I, I, if want, you, I was gonna say, yeah. if you want to see what the t-shirt is gonna look like, uh, you can see uh, by going to our website. Yeah, borderline idealist slash support. Borderlineidealist.com slash support. And there you can find ways to support us. Also, borderlineidealist.com slash contact. You can find ways to get in contact with us and let us know how you vote. It's never too late to let us know. Voting for your representatives will begin on... What's already going on? Oh my gosh, it's going on right now! You missed it! (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this on Sunday... No, it's going on the 6th. Well, that's what the 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 voting day, right? It has yeah, early voting has been going on. Yeah, but you but... have you've got time. Calm down. You're so anxious, dude. Calm down. <laughs> so you need to get out there and make your voice heard, no matter who you're voting for. Use it or lose it. Right, and remember, you have to fight with your vote and also with your voice, but don't use your fist. speak out Jossie do you have anything to say to the people just vote guys come on millennials get out there oh wait I am millennial (laughs) (laughs) we're all all millennials here you say say that you were early voting 
Oh no, I was in an early vote, he but then things happened. Now he's gonna do regular voting. Yeah, he better. Oh, he yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna vote. I I signed up and everything. I'm ready. Good. <laughs> so all all of you guys out there, please do make time make the time to go vote. Vote your conscience. Vote for your ideals and your values. Also, in some situations, uh, you're not able to vote if you're not a U.S. citizen. There are some other restrictions that can keep certain people from voting. Uh, but there are other ways that you can help. If you know of anybody who needs help uh, getting to a, bo- a voting place, um, especially with what's going on across the country, it seems like, with voting locations being changed, yes, in some instances, uh, in some instances, even moving them outside of the the city from which they're voting, it's it can be really complicated, and some people need rides to go vote. Um, yeah. You know, there's other ways that you can do your own little part. Uh, canvassing, I know there's going to be a lot of canvassing over the weekend as well. Well, through this weekend, since you're going to be listening to this on Sunday, but. Yeah, every little thing, every little bit counts. So um, you can still participate in other ways besides voting. Yeah, carpool with your friends. Remind your friends to vote. Look for, just like we did, we looked at just a couple of things that had to do with mental illness or mental health. Look up some things that are important to you to vote for. Get educated. And then share them with your friends. Yes. Because if they don't know what they're voting for, if they may not, they may think it's not important for them. But you can change that. It's important for everybody. So <laughs> this is AJ the INFP. Signing off. Chris, the INFJ. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Jossie, the INFJ. <sighs> and signing out. Okay, guys. I'm, just, I'm being shy. Yeah, I'm an introvert. Don't be shy, guys. Go out and vote. Don't be shy. Don't get denied. Go out and vote. I need a rhyme. All right, bye, guys. See you on Wednesday. Bye. See ya. If you love listening to the show, why not support our cause? We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.